Welcome back to the Systems Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 146, and Jordan Harbinger is here on the show with us today. Now, if you don't know who Jordan is, Jordan was formerly a Wall Street attorney turned seven-figure entrepreneur, and he is one of the most prolific and popular podcasters of our time. He gets over 15 million downloads a month to his show, and he has his own Wikipedia page. So it is safe to say that Jordan knows a thing or two about finding your path to success. And today, he's going to unpack the surprising myths about success and the single step that you've got to take every day to guarantee your success both in business and in life. That's all coming up next, so stay tuned. Globally ranked among the top shows in business and education, we're known for one thing, helping overworked entrepreneurs like you learn how to run your business like a true visionary leader. Because when you get the right systems, support, and structure in place, you can spend more time in your zone of genius. So if you're tired of listening to today's business influencers teach the same old worn out marketing strategies that aren't making you any money, it's time to take a look under the hood of your business and fix the engine itself. Because the truth is, you don't have to work as hard as you are right now to scale beyond six figures and create the greater influence, income, and impact that you deserve. The secret to scaling starts on the back end of your business. This is the Systems Made Simple Podcast. Now, if you have never heard the name Jordan Harbinger, well, you are in for a major treat. Jordan is an entrepreneur and a social dynamics expert, and he's the host of the Jordan Harbinger Show, which you may already know about. You may already listen to it because on that show, he interviews the world's top performers from legendary musicians and actors, famous actors, to intelligence operatives and acclaimed writers and visionary change makers. You name it, he's probably had him on the show. And he earns over 15 million downloads a month in the process. And one thing I admire about Jordan is that he is no fluff. He's not your cheerleader. He's going to give you the honest, raw, real, non-sugar-coated truth, and nothing but the truth, or so help you. Because when you walk away from this episode today, you are going to hold the freeing, liberating, radical truth about success that you need to know, that is, if you actually want to be successful. And guess what? It has absolutely nothing to do with what every other successful person out there is doing and everything to do with finding your joy in the process of doing. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to let Jordan unpack the rest of this for you. Because what Jordan is going to share with you in this episode is what so many of today's overlooked entrepreneurs and vanity metric chasers aren't doing. And it's the one reason why they're struggling so much to succeed. Because while most people out there are trying to get views and go viral, Jordan has taken a completely different approach. And much of his success isn't because of who he's been shaking hands with, like the icons I mentioned that he interviews on his show, or how smart he is, even though he speaks five languages. Although those things help, they are not the reason for his success. And today, Jordan's going to tell you what that reason is and how you too can experience the same level of success if you simply follow what he lays out for you here today.
Jordan. Welcome to the Systems Made Simple podcast. It is such a pleasure to have you here today. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, you know, I wanted to bring you on today, Jordan, because I've been a fan of yours for some time now. And one Sunday, a few weeks ago, I found myself deep in the archives of your blog. I think I was reading posts from back in like 2019, like Mm pre-pandemic. And there were several posts that you put out that really spoke to me. And maybe it was because it was a season in my own life and business where I needed to hear what you had said. And one of the threads that I kept picking up on throughout all of your articles was this idea of being a master at your craft and what Mm -hmm. that really means. Because just to take a look at one little tiny slice of your life, you know, not counting your Wall Street career as a lawyer or being called the Larry King of podcasting, you know, Mm -hmm. setting all those things aside, you've had your podcast for 14 years. Mm -hmm. You get over 11 million downloads per month. You are someone to me who is living the definition of being a master at your craft. And something you said once is that you have to find your joy in the doing Mm -hmm. and in the action towards whatever it is that you're working towards. And so those here listening today, they've all got big dreams for their life they want to achieve, myself included. And you're one of those people who has achieved those big dreams. So tell us, what do you really mean when you say you've got to find your joy in the doing? What does that mean? So it's been a while since that was written, but uh, I would, I, let me give you an example. When I first started the show, I did, there was no such thing as podcast analytics. You couldn't measure how many people were listening. And people said, well, how many people listen to your show? And I said, I don't know. And they're like, what do you mean you don't know? And I said, well, I don't know. I mean, I really don't actually know the answer to that question. And a lot of people said, oh, well, all right, I guess it doesn't matter. And I thought, oh, it's a hobby. Why do I have to ruin it by looking at the numbers and everything? I don't have to treat it like a business. And I liked it and I worked really hard at interviewing and I got better at prep and note-taking and reading and outlining and all that other stuff. And then they invented podcast analytics and I obsessed over them. And I thought, is this really helping me create this? Not really. You know, and then I started to focus on marketing and things like that. And and I realized real quickly that you can, you can focus on marketing something to the detriment of creating that thing that you're marketing. And it, it wasn't as appealing. And I know a lot of podcasters just to stick with my own sort of craft here, they do that same thing to themselves. They'll start a show, they do 10 episodes or five episodes or one episode, and they're like, oh man, only 300 people listen to that. That's, this sucks. I'm not having fun. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You had fun up until you knew how many people looked at it. Why is it different? People dance when they listen to music. Do you have to dance on a stage in order to enjoy dancing? I mean, I, I, I don't think that I should be dancing anyway, but if I, the the point here, that's neither here nor there, my my lack of rhythm. The point is that people should do things for themselves, especially when they're just starting off because you're working on that craft for your whole life. So why put the pressure on in the beginning? And you never, we don't do this with other hobbies, especially with creative processes. This really comes into play, right? We don't do that. Nobody says, all right, I'm going to be, I got to monetize my model train hobby. I got to figure out when I'm going to get paid to put Lego sets together, said no kid ever. So why are you doing that with your, your online business where you're crafting things and selling them on Etsy? Why are you doing that with your business where you're creating a podcast and you're talking to leaders and you're just enjoying every minute of that? Why does it matter if a hundred people saw that or listened to that or or a thousand or 10,000? It matters because you're trying to monetize it, but outside of that, 
it didn't matter when you were creating it. So it really shouldn't matter to you at all, un unless it's your only form of income, in which case you've already made several mistakes, right? If, if, you, if you're trying to desperately create a business and build an airplane uh, after, what is that they say, like jumping off a cliff and building the airplane on the way down, like that's not how you're really supposed to build a business. So that's the way that I look at it. And not optimizing for those specific things, but optimizing for enjoying this craft and getting better at it has been a recipe for longevity in the industry. It's been a recipe for making sure the audience is taken care of because they don't care how much you're making. They just care about the quality of the product. And it turns out that longevity and a good quality product are just so happen to be the ingredients of a successful show. So you get you end up getting exactly what you want by focusing not on monetizing it, but focusing on the other the other elements of the craft. Yeah. You know, something you said there a moment ago was this idea of desperately trying to build something. Mm -hmm. And I think when we have that energy of desperation, you know, I think back to the early days of my business, you know, I got to make money. I got to make this profitable. And we can get so caught up in that. And where I see it a lot today, particularly with the people we work with and just with people now that social media is so available to all of us is trying this idea of trying to go viral. You know, and let me just put something out there and create this content to see how many likes I can get or how much engagement I can get. And then we create all this meaning around it when we don't get the engagement we want or the views or the likes or the downloads. And we're looking at those analytics and we're like, oh, this is terrible. And I'm just going to go over here and pivot and do something else. And we never really stick with something long enough to become a true master at it. And I think this is one of the things that really can mess people up, especially in the business space, because we're starting things, but we're never continuing them long enough to see the results. So what you described there, to me, in my mind, to operate that way, there's so much freedom in that, which is a really beautiful thing to think about. So with your podcast, 14 years, so that was 2008 that you launched that. 2006, yeah. 2006. That's like two years after podcasting was even a thing. Right, right. Yeah, it was like the f second or third year of podcast podcasts existing. Yeah. Did you go into it with the idea of making it something big and great? Or did you no. just go into it with the idea of like, hey, this is a cool thing. I just want to try this out. Yeah, I was basically looking to figure out how to put conversations I was having with friends and other people that I was teaching in real life. I was like, where can I put these on the internet for other people? That was it. I w no, and then it started to get downloads from other places, and I thought, oh, weird. I thought we were just going to tell local people about this, not have it be downloaded by people in South Africa, Germany, and Canada. So, okay, let's turn it into a radio show that's kind of fun. And then it was like me and my friend having drinks in a basement and uploading the audio. And nobody in their right mind would have said, we're going to be huge. What are you talking about? YouTube didn't exist. There were no such thing as influencers. Twitter didn't exist. Where, where are you going to be huge? On the internet? That wasn't a thing anybody was enjoying at that time. There was no such thing as being famous on the internet in 2006. Not really. In fact, if you were famous on the internet, it's because you were famous in real life. And you happen to also be famous on the internet. There wasn't, they didn't have online fame. And so that was really liberating because the idea that we were supposed to be something we weren't was, that didn't make any sense. You might, you might as well have said it, it, it just it was science fiction to build a business online and be famous so it never was even on our radar and that was also liberating because we weren't thinking all right we got to do audience analytics and get metrics for this and figure out how to do these sales and all this that we just weren't doing any of that we didn't think about email marketing and it's funny because a lot of our friends who we met through this 
they were doing sales copy and online sales and sales funnels and affiliate marketing and all this stuff. And none of them really went anywhere. Some of them had moderate or even pretty good success, but they never really went anywhere because they were always just thinking about how do I get more, another dollar out of everybody who is subscribed to my email list? How do I sell harder? And, you know, audiences don't like that. They, they like that long-term. And I remember talking with my original business partner. I don't have any business partners now, but my original business partner, and we were like, let's just give everything away for free. Let's not hide the ball like these other guys are doing. Let's not write copy that's like three amazing things you can only find out if you click here. Let's just never do that. It's cringe. It's annoying. A lot of people don't have money. Why do that? Like, let's just give it all away for free. And then I remember like five years into starting the show, all these online gurus were like, you need to give things away for free and then people will really trust you. And I was like, yeah, I said that in 2006, 2007, and everyone's like, you're an idiot. You give everything away for free. You need to put it behind a paywall and have a blinking red button that says click here to buy and a PayPal check. And I was like, nah. And then of course they all shifted to what we were doing, except they're still doing it wrong. It's like, it's still free, but it's really just a lead magnet. And then you have to do that. And I understand there are reasons to have sales funnels. I get that sales funnels have to exist. But a lot of people do it, it's an afterthought. I, re I remember going to one conference and there was a talk about how to make your product in 20 minutes. And I'm like, but isn't this the thing that your whole business is based on? And they're like, yeah, but who cares? Just get it done as quickly as possible. Don't waste any more time creating your product when you can be spending the time optimizing your sales copy and your marketing funnels. And I just thought, this person must have churn and unhappy customers that line up that you could line them up to the moon and back there's no way this guy has a bunch of satisfied customers if he's spending 99.9 percent .9 of his time marketing and the product is just an afterthought that he th thinks he has to get out of the way as fast as possible and i think a lot of people operate their business like that oh so many people do it's interesting that you say that because like you said the trend then came became okay give everything away from free give your best stuff away for free do it all for free and then you know people want to buy and et cetera, et cetera. and we know that yeah it works but it has to be genuine it you you have to go into it with the intention of doing that to serve your community otherwise they're going to see right through it especially nowadays right like fast forward 14 plus years later you know, doing that back in 2006 versus doing it now, people are so much more savvy online. You know, they, they see right through it and they can see that. And I think a lot of people struggle for that reason as well. When I look at it, I go, who, how can I talk to a smarter, more sophisticated, more intelligent, more discerning, more skeptical, more engaged audience? Not how do I find the dumbest people on the internet and trick them into buying something from me? And I feel like so many online businesses operate that way. It's like, okay, Oh, I got to do this thing where it's not illegal, but it also works really well. And the best way to do that is to find rubes and market to them relentlessly and then run their credit card without permission until they threaten to sue me. Right. There's so many businesses run like that. Yeah. It's crazy. I know I read something the other day that was like ethical urgency. I'm like, what, what is that? <laughs> ethical yeah. urgency? Like you're going to create a false sense of urgency for someone to buy your product, but in an ethical way. And it just mm -hmm. kind of blew my mind because I'm like, here we are now. People are teaching this stuff now. You know, it's kind yeah. of crazy. But, you know, there's all these catchphrases in the online space, especially. I mean, it's all it's everywhere now. But, you know, OK, well, I just want to have, you know, my my dreams and I have my vision board and I'm just going to manifest what I want. And mm. I'm just going to really follow my intuition, let my heart guide me. And I'm just going to show up, you know, and, and do the thing. And that really doesn't serve us well. Yet so many no. people buy into this mentality. And in its most basic level, yeah, it's a law of attraction. I get it. You know what you put out there 
you're going to attract back to you. But one of the things I respect about you, Jordan, being a systems person myself, is that mm-hmm. you take all of these kind of catchphrases or buzzwords, you know, this manifestation, right? Or just like, I'm just going to go out there and tell people about my goals, all of this, and really take it to the next level, one layer deeper, and mm-hmm. actually give it some teeth. And this is where, you know, I really resonate with some of the things that you teach when you talk about like this idea of operating in alignment. You know, what does that even mean? Or following our intuition. So let's just take one of these buzz phrases for a minute, unpack this, because I feel that a lot of our listeners here today, they've heard this, they know this, myself included, but I've probably all thought that to some degree, right? If I can just create this big, beautiful vision board and put everything out there, then it will all eventually come to me. But why is it that this mindset can only get us so far? Well, I don't really believe in most of that stuff because I'm a science guy. So manifestation, it's funny, whenever I sort of confront people on this, they try and change the definition of manifestation. They'll go, oh, no, I mean, it's not like I'm just putting out there to the universe and getting it back. It's about like, well, if I focus on this goal and I'm like, well, that's not what you just said. You're selling a product that's about writing something on a sheet of paper and going in the backyard with some essential oils and lighting it on fire and giving it as a gift to the universe or whatever. That's not what you're talking about now. And the reason they do that is because none of it holds up to any scrutiny whatsoever. And when you say what you put out there, you get back. It's like, well, what does that mean? And then they bring up this Nikolai Tesla quote that's like, if you want to speak to the secrets of the universe, look at frequency, vibration, and energy. And it's like... He didn't mean metaphor, metaphorical or metaphysical energy that you find in crystals, dude. You know, he, he literally, he's a, he's a scientist. One, he was also kind of a kook, but even then he was also more of a scientist and he meant actually things vibrating, not things you feel in your chakras, which also are also not real in my opinion. And so, well, in science's opinion, I should say. And so like, I don't believe in that stuff. So I do give that stuff, when I write about it, I try and be respectful, but it's really difficult because it's a largely designed buy online coaches to sell things to people that don't know any better. And it, it it creates a, it creates victims. And I really don't like anything that creates victims. I think it's a, I think it's a crappy thing to do. And you can empower people without lying to them and you can empower yourself and make money without lying to yourself. So I really don't, I don't love those kinds of self-help topics. I'm going to try, I'm so trying, you know, I'm trying to be, polite <laughs> on your show. <laughs> well, and you know that I, you know, when you're writing as well, it, you, you're very objective and mm-hmm. you say, okay, this is how I see it. This is what I think about it. You know, I'm not, I'm not giving an opinion, but I'm just asking mm-hmm. the questions that we all should be asking. And one of the things that I find really interesting is that in the business space, and I'm guilty of this, I've, I've definitely done this many times is where we become so attached to the outcome, the thing that we want, the thing that we're trying to manifest, right? I'm putting that in air quotes, everybody listening. We become so attached to the outcome that we fail to focus on the action that leads to the outcome. And this kind of circles back to where we started this conversation with really finding joy in the process Mm -hmm. of doing, of simply showing up every day and doing the thing and getting better at it and not always trying to do it from an outcome-based mindset. What would you say to that? Yeah, I'm look, I'm with you on this. It's hard to tell somebody who wants to make money that they need to not worry about the outcome. I, I understand that. But on the other hand, the real 
secret to doing something fulfilling that you can do long term that ends up being something of value for a a large enough audience is usually something that's fulfilling. If you're talking about a creative pursuit, that's the only way to do it. I don't know that many creators that create something that they don't really like because it makes a lot of money. I'm sure that there are a bunch of them out there. I think a lot of them have bad mental health and mental hygiene. In fact, you know what? Do you know who Alex Jones is, the kooky guy who's he does like all those conspiracy theories and he's in trouble right now. He's getting sued for 200 plus million dollars for harassing the Sandy Hook parents. He's just a terrible grifter. I think that he makes up his stuff. I think he just does it because it's lucrative and I think he hates every second of it, which is why he drinks so much and does all these other things. And I think he's a miserable, unhappy person. And I think the reason for that is because he's, he's selling every bit of his soul to make money and it hurts other people and he knows it and he still can't stop because he's either addicted to the money or the attention to the fame or whatever, or all of it probably. And so you don't want to put yourself in a situation like that. And the way that you avoid that is you do something that's fulfilling and not just follow the money trail. I mean, I, I this goes for corporate people too. I used to be an attorney, I worked in finance and I was like, this is never gonna be something I love. And do I need to just grow up and realize that I'm never going to have a job that I love? And then I started the show, the podcast in law school. And I thought, there is this other thing I really like. Can I make a living doing that? Because if I can, I should just do that and not try and make high finance dollars. Because I don't don't care about the money. I care about the fulfillment. It's much nicer. So I took a big risk when the economy crashed in 2008 and they sort of laid everyone off is the best thing that ever happened to me because I was like, well, now I can't stay here under the excuse that I need to pay for my student loans, or I can't, I can't stay at the law firm with the excuse that I'm eventually going to grow to find my place in that world because that's where the money is and blah, 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 and I worked so hard to get here. I didn't have a choice. The choice is made for me. So I started to do the podcast and I got into radio and I was like, you know, I don't even care if I take like an 80% pay cut, I'll figure this out. And in the beginning, I did take an 80% pay cut. And now uh, that's not a concern. You know, I'm I'm doing much better than any of the partners at any law firm really that exists anywhere in the in the world. But I got there by doing something that was fulfilling. Now, have I got lucky breaks? Of course. Was I early to market? Yes. Did I end up building enough skill in this area and I probably had maybe some natural building blocks to be a good talker? Sure. Who knows? It's hard to quantify that. But at the same time, I also knew that I didn't have what it was going to take to be naturally or even not unnaturally good at spreadsheets, financial calculations, documents, investment vehicles. I just didn't have the interest, didn't have the passion, knew I'd never get there, could barely pay attention when people were even explaining to me how they work, let alone innovating in the space. And that was a big clue. And I think most people, they don't listen to those clues. They just do this thing that's paying the bills and they think that's all there is because they weren't lucky like me to have started something that turned into a hobby that they loved in the beginning of their career. And people try and pivot, but they do it in a weird way. They go like, all right, I'm gonna quit my job and go all in. And it's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Don't do that. It's a whole separate rant. But a lot of these online influencers tell people like, go all in, what are you doing? And I'm like, what he's doing is paying rent and paying for food and not putting himself in a position where he has to make bad decisions because he can't afford to eat. And I think, I don't understand why, but I think a lot of these, actually, I have a theory. A lot of these gurus tell people to do that. One, because telling people to take bold action is a way to sound confident without having any actual consequences if you're the person telling them to to go do that. And two, 
if you're selling people courses and you say, take bold action, and then they quit their job, now they have to stick with you because they, are, they have absolutely no other option. And so it's kind of almost like a cult leader move, right? Like, oh, isolate yourself from all the naysayers, cut off your friends and family. Oh, look, I'm your only friend now, and I happen to be the guy who's got power over you and is taking your money. And I think a lot of online gurus do that same thing. Yeah, it's an interesting thought. And you know what's interesting about it is that I wonder how many people go into it thinking that and how many are maybe on an unconscious level doing it simply because they mm -hmm. want the internet fame or they want the money or whatever's sure. linked to that. What about, so in your career, so podcasting, you know, mm -hmm. and like you said, you had some lucky breaks, but there was some adversity along the way, some curveballs, And that happens to all of us. Life throws us curveballs. This summer with my four and a half year old at home trying to figure out, okay, when am I recording interviews? And when am I oh, doing gosh. this? And when am I doing this? You know, it gets crazy. Life gets crazy. And so what are the things that we need to know to be able to continue doing the work? to stay focused on the action, to stay focused on showing up and doing the thing that we want to become a master at, even amidst all the stuff that life throws our way. You know, I, I yes, there's curveballs always. Um, they tell you there's going to be curveballs. You get a curveball. You feel like you can't handle the curveball. You handle the curveball, rinse and repeat, right? So for me, I have to stay putting one foot in front of the other. If I start getting stressed out, you know, I have to, I, I'm like, when I get in those situations, I realize I'm like a blender with the top off where there's a lot of energy, but it's just splashing upwards and all over and you end up with a mess in the kitchen and you're like, wow, I'm never doing that to myself again. You want to have that sort of laser energy instead, right? Where it's like, okay, everything around me is just so chaotic and I can't really handle it. But instead of spinning around and exploding in the kitchen, I'm just going to make a list of the things I have to do today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day, and the next day and plan out my week. And then I'm going to go through that week. And it doesn't matter if by Friday I'm still 10 miles or 10 years away from my goal, I'm putting one foot in front of the other, that's what's happening, that's how I'm getting through this day or this week or this month or this year in this, in this particular segment of my life and the business. And that's a really big relief for people like me. I'm not gonna say that that's gonna work for everyone. I think a lot of people maybe are wired differently, who knows. But for me, I really need to feel like I'm making progress and the way that you do that is by planning in advance, executing, and it doesn't matter where you are in relation to the goal. Because again, you are, and it's like those cliches, like enjoy the journey and whatnot. It, you don't have to enjoy it. It helps if you do. But for me, I was like, okay, I can still, I still get to make my show. I still get to show up and create things that I love. And if I'm making half the money or one third of the money or one tenth of the money I was last year doing it, fine, doesn't matter. I'm gonna rebuild. And if I never get to where I was, fine, doesn't matter. Still gonna survive, still gonna be fine. Still doing the thing I love to do. And it's really easy to look at a setback and say, I have to be back at the top of that mountain I was just on, and that's the zero point, and until I get there, I'm in the negative, and that's just not true. But it's really tempting to look at it that way when you get knocked off of your pedestal, right, or wherever you happen to be. You think you're in the negative, but really, you're just at the beginning, and again, sounds like a Hallmark greeting card, you're just at the beginning of the next leg of your journey. It's an illusion that you were at the peak in the first place, and it's an illusion that you are needing to get back to that same place. Both of those things are completely not real, and they are actually just illusions you've made up in your head. Yeah. The stock market charts come to mind, you know, where it's like, as long as it's yeah. projecting and trending upwards, what do we really have to complain about? There's going to be those ups mm -hmm. and downs, you know? And if we can look at the down parts, those valleys that way, and I always say this, I'm like, the valley is the most fertile ground. I mean, people in ancient times did not settle at the top of the mountain. <laughs> they settled in the right. valley. 
you know, that was where the most fertile ground is. And oftentimes there are lessons there for us, which actually brings me to my last question for you, Jordan, which is what was the most unexpected lesson that you've learned along the way? I would say, I don't know if this is something I probably should have expected, of course, but your reputation, your network, the people you know, it's really the best insurance policy that money could never buy. And what I mean by that is when you think you've lost your business, you lose your house, maybe you lose some other element of your life, the people around you, if you still have your reputation, you know, you're not accused of some horrible crime or whatever, like those exceptions aside, if you if you still have your reputation, you still have your friends, you still have the people around you, you'll be surprised at how many of those people will have your back, help you get back on your feet, help you move things forward. I mean, that stuff is really, really, really important. And I did, you don't really realize that you are going to be able to lean on people until you try to lean on people. And most of us never have to lean on people, or at least we think and hope we're never going to have to. So in a way, any sort of big setback that allows you to reach out to those people in your life and get support and realize how many backers you really do have, how many allies you have, how many friends you have, how well you have done building your network and maintaining it any sort of setback that allows you to go and reach out and do that is actually kind of a blessing in disguise. Now, I'm not saying it's painless. I'm not saying you should be like, thanks for the knock, you know, knocking me on my ass. That's not necessarily the case. But you do get to see, wow, there are a lot of people that really want to see me succeed that I haven't talked to in years that are reaching out out of nowhere when they saw this thing that happened. That feels great, because it makes you feel invincible. And it makes you realize that you're never really in this alone. You always have people that are willing to have your back. You just didn't even reach out and ask for their help because you never thought that you would need it and you never thought that you could. So that for me was kind of a big lesson. You know, when I had to sort of restart things a few years ago, you alluded to some setbacks. The first thing I did was call everybody I knew who I thought could help and explain my story. And I was really out there with my whole story, not trying to hide it out of shame. I was like, this is what happened this, I have to start over. I need all the help I can get. Spread the word, tell your friends. And so many people did. And we were back on top just before you know it. And that was, that was pretty darn cool. You know, that was really, really, really cool. And it made me feel great. And it really eased my anxiety because I realized no matter what, I have all these people behind me, even though it feels like you're alone, you just can't see them, right? They're all behind you. And that, that was, that was wonderful. Like, so again, I, I always say prioritize the people around you, prioritize, prioritize your relationships, uh, your reputation, because it really is the best insurance policy that money could never buy. Very powerful, which actually brings to mind one last question. I know I said sure. the last one was the last, but this brings yep. something up to me that, you know, because with what you've done in your career, and even just a couple of years ago, rebuilding and relaunching, and now mm -hmm. back and better than ever, and going through that process, and the work that you do, and the mission that you're on, and your last name, have you ever thought about how those dovetail? Yeah, sure. I, people have mentioned that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, it, what is it that you feel that you are the harbinger of in a most positive <laughs> sense, not in a negative doom? Yeah, I mean, sense. usually people put like of doom at the end of that, right? It's not, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I think for me, I just try and be really transparent, really open and honest with people on my show. I try and illustrate that the path to success is a, the winding, the cliche winding road. I try and be open about the way that I'm feeling about things. I try to help people with their issues. You know, I think a lot of people online, they try and present a curated image. And even when they present that like imp imperfect image, a lot of that is curated imperfection too. They'll be like, oh, I'm just 
oops, me and my cute husband, we just talk over each other. And then I say, no, you go. And then he says, no, you go. It's just fake. And it's like, you're not helping anyone. You're fooling plenty of people. But at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of nonsense to make you relatable. And I can't stand that stuff. So I just like to be honest. There's not that many people being honest, but also uh, compassionate and polite. I think people will go, I'll be honest. And then they like cuss you out about something, this mistake that you made. And I'm like, that's not right either. Especially when we're talking about young guys. They're just the the number of role models for young guys these days are just, I mean, you just, they're tough to, they're hard to come by. And not that you can't be a role model for the opposite sex as well, of course, but role models for young people are very toxic. And so I look at it like, here I am, I am a healthy, functional adult. I'm living a pretty good life. I've got a wife and two kids. It's healthy. I have a healthy relationship with them. I've got a good business that does well. You can have these things. I'm not any more special or less special than you. You can also do the same thing. I'm not here to sell you a course on how to do it either. I'm just going to be open and honest and transparent. And that's sort of, I think, that's what I focus on. You know, that's what I, I feel like I can, how I can serve, so to speak. And so I'm, I'm very happy just doing that. Well, I certainly appreciate you bringing that to our conversation today. This has been great. You know, you've given our listeners so much to think about. I know their wheels will be turning as they're walking mm-hmm. away from this episode. And that's what I encourage you to do. If you're listening right now, go back through this episode and just pull out one thing that Jordan said that really jumped out at you and share it with them. Send them a DM. Where are you most active on social media? Uh, Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Twitter. Yeah. I'm on those. Yeah. Check the DMs. Yeah. And you know, as podcast hosts, I love getting responses from people where it's like you gave an interview and then it impacted someone. And just to see the little tiny ripples that that is, is putting out there. So that's your marching orders for you listening. Mm. And Jordan, thank you so much for being here today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Now, if your wheels aren't turning about what Jordan just shared with you today and how you can apply it within your life and within your business, then get out of here because this is so relevant. I know that this is applicable to every single one of us. And even if it's something that you feel like you haven't mastered yet, all the better, because this is something that is going to help you enjoy your work again. And to not worry so much about the success, to not place such an emphasis on the outcome, which is only going to lead to misery in the process. This is about reverse engineering that and finding your joy in the process so that when the success comes, it's almost like an afterthought. This conversation was so relevant to me as well, because admittedly, I can get bogged down in the day-to-day stuff. And I have been reminding myself of these principles daily to just enjoy the process. Like I'm sitting here doing right now, having a conversation with you and just enjoying being here in the moment with you. So I'm super grateful to Jordan for joining us on the show today. And I know he would love to hear from you. If you are listening to this episode right now and you have an Instagram account, what I want you to do is go look up Jordan. He's at Jordan Harbinger and shoot him a DM. He's active on IG. He responds to his DMs personally. I know this for a fact. And I want you to DM him and let him know that you heard him here on the show and let him know what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. I know he'd love to hear from you. Now, coming up next week on the show, we are talking about the one system that every online business owner must have in place. But unlike the other systems that we often talk about here on the show, 
This one has nothing to do with your sales or your marketing or client fulfillment, but it is one that you will absolutely struggle without. So join me back here next Tuesday to find out what it is. And until then, go live your effortless life. As you might have heard me mention inside this episode, if you want to join me for our next live workshop where I'm going to show you how to avoid the biggest mistakes that cause most podcasts to fail within the first 12 months and literally walk you through the exact framework that we teach our students to launch their shows in the top 100 and convert more of their listeners to clients, just go to the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. That's the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. 